0: Finances, investing, estate, and retirement planning? Well, I went to school so you don't have to. Welcome to Finances And with Kathy and Jennifer. Welcome to Finances And. It's Cash Dead. I'm Jennifer and I'm here with Kathy. Finances And, in conjunction with my company, Capital Coaching, helps people achieve their financial goals through personal, tailored, and attentive financial coaching services We create successful financial plans by examining your spending and saving habits and then guiding and educating you to personal success. Coaching services include evaluation of your spending plan or budget, building your savings, financing your retirement, examining your insurance needs, and planning for your individual goals. Please feel free to contact Capital Coaching at CapitalCoaching.net to make an appointment for a free consultation. So
1: maybe it's been due to COVID and our love of spending from a distance. Amazon does come to mind. But we've been hearing about cash being dead. Credit cards, online payments like PayPal and Venmo and debit cards in general. Our need for
0: cash in our pockets seems like it's coming to an end. I would agree with your statement, especially after last year, just not being out and spending cash in any way. Not only were we not outside spending, but... It doesn't transmit germs and it's easy to see how people would want to minimize using cash after last year. Cash
1: causes in-person crime by having this tangible product. It puts you at risk for violent crime. Not using cash also minimizes money laundering, which is taking money from something like drugs and then putting it into the system to be used legally.
0: You can eliminate time being spent by not having to deposit or get cash out of an ATM so that you have it in your pocket. Essentially, as long
1: as you have a credit card or your phone, you can instantly know where your money is, how it's working for you, and how much you have spent. By having this control of your funds, they found in Missouri that crime dropped almost 10% when the state went to EBT cards or electronic benefit transfer cards for their cash welfare benefits. And this is for SNAP, which is the Supplemental Nutrition assistance program, or formerly food stamps, and this helped cut down on crime because then these people weren't being mailed checks that could then be stolen from the mail.
0: The trail of your spending and accountability is simpler when you can instantly see your balances and even check on your spending plans before making any kind of a purchase. Cash also just costs money. Printing it, storing it, safeguarding it, that all costs money, and it's a financial burden in and of itself counterfeiting is also eliminated when paper is not used. I actually received one day at a store cash back. And upon really looking at it, I noticed that it was actually two different bills, two different currencies that were put together. It was only for a dollar. So it wasn't a big deal, but it almost made me feel like somebody was practicing counterfeiting in some way. The one side looked just like the dollar bill, but on the other side, it was clear that it was another kind of a currency that they had put on it. I, I actually took it to school and would show it to my kids for years, but I'm not sure where that is anymore.
1: (laughs) So, then what are the drawbacks of using only digital money? We hear every day about cybersecurity and the risk to our identity and personal wealth. Privacy and using online services is basically non existent because everything can be tracked. Hacking is also a risk. Although you are insured by your bank up to $250,000 and credit cards secure your purchases, it's still a hassle to get the money back.
0: There was a burglary in my house, and one of the things that were stolen were all the gift cards that I was given. And trying to recoup those was near impossible. You know, I contacted the stores that I knew I had them with, and the balances that I knew I had on it. And I believe that every group told me no. I do know for a fact, though, that when I contacted Target with a gift card that I had lost, and it was actually it had been given to me by my class, it was for a hundred dollars. The Target right here by me honored it and just replaced that gift card for me. So, you know, in a hard, terrible situation in that moment, somebody really stepped up and made me feel better. And uh, it was really kind of them. They certainly didn't have to do that. And it was just proven by everyone else saying no, that they wouldn't replace it for me. Once a gift card's gone, it's gone. Yeah, that's really awesome. I don't, I don't even think
1: I would have attempted to contact them, honestly, just anticipating everybody to say no. So that's really, really awesome that they did that. It was.
0: And now that I also have data on the dark web due to my district being held for ransom and then I'm not paying that ransom, I get alerts on my data and I'm questioned before any loans or any other information through my credit service is being used. I'm glad that that's available as a freeze, but you know it's also a hassle because I need to have a second point of communication and contact before they'll approve anything or share information. So the other thing is that without that even happening to somebody, your phone or your computer can be glitchy or offline when you're trying to buy something and even a dead battery in your phone can mean that you have no money in that moment. Sadly, those who can't bank online and rely on checks
1: and cash will suffer. They are called unbanked and they may not have phones or financial institutions of their own. And that puts them at risk of paying higher fees to transact in cash alone. Or they may have fees to just get someone to cash a check for them if they can't cash it for free at their bank. So as with any monopoly, these free apps and banking services could start to charge at some point and their services would no longer be essentially free.
0: You know, overspending may be a real downfall for people who operate with cash as a way to limit their purchases. The temptation of spending or overspending because it seems like you have money in your account is real for many people. There are apps that act like cash. Envelopes is one of those that acts like that cash transaction that you can use as, a, as an app on your phone. But, you know, some people really need to see that, that cash and, and be losing it, quote unquote, every time they hand it out of an envelope to keep their spending in check. You know, early in the pandemic last year, interest rates here in the U.S. dropped to zero and below. And although this did not mean you could get a mortgage loan for zero, much to my disappointment, it did mean that banks actually lost money on these negative interest rates. And so then they were tempted and had to raise fees to recoup their money since they weren't making money on lending money.
1: The future does seem ready for a cashless society, though. Apps like Zelle, PayPal, Venmo make paying friends and others you owe money to with P2P or person-to-person transfers. And businesses are even using something similar to this, too. They're using B2B or business-to-business companies like Stripe, Aiden, and Fiserv to do business between them in a similar way. If you've not used a P2P app before, it's really simple. You link to a friend's ID via their email or some other identifier. And then you can safely transfer money to one another. So it's really great if you have a big group and you're splitting dinner, one person can pay for the dinner and then everybody else sends a little bit of money to the person who paid.
0: You know, Apple has their own service now that you can use at retail and restaurants, and that hides your credit card information from the place that you're spending and instead uses one of their own identifiers for the transaction. And that is a more secure way instead of even giving out your credit card information to your server or to the person that you're you're buying from. They have actually had their revenue and transactions doubled currently to 15 billion transactions a day in 50 markets with 60,000 bank partners. So this whole idea of moving away from cash mm-hmm. is very... Profitable for them as well. Of course, we have talked about cryptocurrencies in the past, and although not widely available for consumer use yet, it is something to keep an eye on for the future of banking without paper.
1: And let's face it, we've been using gift cards for decades, and that is a form of cashless transaction. But their downfall is if you lose it, it's gone along with your balance. And for many years, that balance started to be eaten away if it wasn't used anyway.
0: You know, transactions by using these. Types of cashless uh, alternatives actually speed up checking out places. So people my age are going to remember that we always had to write checks or use cash, but there was often people just writing checks. You needed two forms of ID and they had to write down all this information on your check. And really the differential in time is ridiculous now. We just swipe and go.
1: Credit cards like Visa and MasterCard have been growing as well. Visa states that since COVID, the replacement for cash has been debit cards versus credit. Visa had 52% of its volume in transactions for September's quarter of 2020, and MasterCard was at 42%. People aren't necessarily charging more, but finding alternatives to cash. PayPal, Venmo, Google Pay, and Apple Pay will all let you move money from your bank account to another bank account for free, and all but PayPal allow you to use a debit card at no charge. Each do charge for using a credit card to pay the
0: end user. Do you use any of these? any of these, uh, you know, person-to-person transfers?
1: Yeah, I occasionally use PayPal and Venmo to to pay friends for small expenses. I also have an account that pays me through PayPal. So that's nice. I get paid through there and then I can easily transfer it right to my bank account, use that money.
0: And that's teachers pay teachers that you're using? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they pay me through PayPal. So I, I have Zelle for a couple of people that I pay. That's through my bank actually. And then PayPal and Venmo, I definitely transfer money back and forth with people that way. So one of the things you need to watch out for is that they do accept your money and move it for no charge, but they don't move it automatically. So if somebody pays you in one of these, they're going to hold it in their company until you manually contact them via the app and say, move this money back into my bank. So they're going to hold on to it because they're making the interest on it otherwise. And then once you request that move to your bank account, it's going to take anywhere from one to three days. It's not instant. Unlike when you put money into one of these, they will instantly take the money out of your account, but they're going to take a few days before they get it back to you. It looks like most of them have offers a, daily limit of $10,000. Venmo's limit, though, is oddly $4,999.99. PayPal will allow you up to six transactions a day. So you could get $60,000 moved, but they're going to be at maximum of $10,000 transactions. And I'm sure that has to do with, uh, again, money laundering and keeping an eye on your tax limits there. Mm
1: -hmm. Venmo and PayPal are owned by PayPal, but there are differences between the two. So in general, their interest rates are the same at 3% and 2.9%. And they both take one to three days to move money out of their account. Again, like Kathy said, putting money in is instant. (laughs) But Venmo is more social. It allows you to share Who you're receiving money from and giving it to it allows you to use emojis to send (laughs) or, you know, leave messages to say what it was for and things like that. So it's a little more fun and social, whereas PayPal tends to be more business friendly and Venmo is used more peer to peer.
0: It's a good point about the icons. You know, basically, you're not even saying what it is that you are paying someone for. I mean, you can do that, but you literally can just pick an icon of a slice of pizza. Mm -hmm. And that's, but that's how you literally have to identify what this money was for with them. Mm -hmm. So is cash dead? Probably not yet. Even with COVID moving us closer to this possible outcome. Not everyone uses technology to make purchases and the fear of losing everything is very real for some people because being hacked is very real. But mostly, if we can't even stop using pennies, for gosh sakes, why would we stop using cash? (laughs) Anything else?
1: Well, this is actually going to be my last episode here with Finances, and I've decided I'm going to take some time to focus on my new career path and spend some more time with my family. But I've so enjoyed my time discussing finances with Kathy each week, and I'm so grateful for her friendship here. And it's been so fun connecting with our listeners as well. And while you may be losing me as a co-host, you will not be losing me as a listener.
0: Well, thank you, sweetie. You have been a pleasure to work with and a real light in my life. So thank you very much. Thank you. I gonna miss seeing you every week. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Finance and Is Cash Dead? We know you chose to listen and we're grateful. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow or subscribe for free in your podcast provider and share your favorite episode with a friend. Finally, consider leaving a review because it brings financial education to others and helps people find us more easily. Please let us know what questions you'd like answered or any topics you'd like covered by going to our website at FinancesAnd and leaving a message. You can also contact Capital Coaching for your own personal financial needs at CapitalCoaching.net. FinancesAnd does not provide tax or legal advice, and nothing in this podcast is to be construed as such. Always consult a tax, accounting, or legal professional for advice on your specific situation. Remember, I went to school so you don't have to.